Hey, it's Pedro Jerez, your host of the Business with Integrity podcast, uh, where we talk about what it means to be an impact-driven entrepreneur and sharpen our thinking as entrepreneurs. And on today's episode, uh, we're going to be diving into some commentary. So recently, we had a conversation about the Business with Integrity Manifesto, which is a manifesto for impact-driven entrepreneurs. And we talked about the three cultural shifts that we've seen really happen and take place since the early 1990s and the rise of the internet. Um, And we talked that those were the rise of women in the workplace, the rise of the millennial generation, and the unstoppable advancement of technology, and why those three things matter as it relates to why... um, this certain style of entrepreneurship and showing up in business um, really matters more than ever. Uh, We went deep into um, the word generosity and the mindsets that we need to be successful in today's world. Uh, We dived into branding, you know, winning hearts, branding that matters. We dived deep into, you know, how can we feel good and ultimately produce marketing we're proud of that also generates, you know, hard, tangible results for your business. Um, that we're not running a hobby, we're running a business that needs to produce a profit. But how do we still do that in a way that feels good? And we also touched on, you know, how do we expand our impact by establishing our legacy and the things that we can do as entrepreneurs um, to further instill that inside of the DNA of our businesses. So in today's conversation, I know lots of you guys had lots of questions and my team um, has put together a bunch of questions and I'm just going to be answering some of those questions for you here. Um, So my team's going to be giving me those questions here in real time and I'll be repeating them. Um, So this way you know what's taking place and what's happening Um, and uh, let's have some fun. So the question was related to the piece of the manifesto that talks about positioning yourself 10 years ahead of your competition to really thrive and how do you actually look for these trends in society to learn how to position yourself ahead of them. So in terms of positioning yourself 10 years ahead of the competition, I think it's really the mindset here that matters, right? So what I see a lot of people do is that they look to their competition for really what to do, right? So there's a competitor that's probably doing significantly more revenue than you right now, right? And so you look to them to see how they're doing things and in real time kind of getting the 411 of what they're doing, uh, which, you know, no problem. However, if that's the extent of your marketing strategy, that's where the problem begins and ends. Um, Because no matter how good you are, you can never beat your competition. You can never be better than your competition. You can only be as good as them. And the reality is that if you're following them, then you're probably only getting a fraction of the results that they're getting because they're pioneering, they're leading, and you're following. And so the whole principle here is instead of trying to be like someone else who's already winning, um, you can't beat somebody at their own strategy by following their strategy. The only way that you can beat somebody at their strategy is by looking ahead at what are they missing? What are they not seeing? And what they're missing and what they're not seeing is that, hey, here are these three cultural shifts that are taking place that if you align with, you're likely to attract significantly more customers because this is what the society as a whole is really asking for more and more of and the level of consciousness that consumers are buying at in today's world. So that's what this is all about. This is about 
not following your competition. This is about looking ahead of your competition and seeing where the world is going and positioning your brand to capitalize on where the world is going while creating greater alignment between you um, and the business um, so that this becomes something that's fun and that you really enjoy showing up for, including your team. In terms of following and, and finding these trends, how to figure out and find these trends, um, you just got to be a student of history. You got to be a student of history and see the things that have taken place in the past. And that'll really hint towards clues of what's likely to happen in the future. Now, if that's not something you really take great joy in, then really the next best piece of advice that I can give you is follow people that do take great joy in these things and see what they have to say. See what smart people who study history have to say about where the world is going and make sure you have a pulse on that because that's where you can find opportunities to innovate ahead of your competition uh, versus, again, being a follower inside of your marketplace. So the question is, um, when I said that Evolved Enterprise, the book changed the way that I saw business, like what did I mean by that? And there was a particular part when he wrote on the cover of this book that he gave me, um, here's to the future of business. What do I think he meant by that? So what Evolved Enterprise did for me was it exposed me and expanded my mind to a different model of entrepreneurship, which I hadn't yet consciously acknowledged that even existed based off my current frame and what I had been exposed to. Okay. So I didn't know that you can run a business and do a lot of good and build that into the very DNA as to why a business existed in the first place, like not making it this afterthought and then all the good that got to take place. And when I saw that, that's really when I started asking myself questions, which was like, oh, you know, what if a business didn't just exist to sell products and services, but actually to solve a more meaningful problem that even goes beyond, in some cases, uh, beyond the products and services that this particular business sells. And that's when really my mind started spinning like, wow, like, this is very exciting. Um, there's a lot more possible here than what I actually thought. And so just knowing that that was possible um, really aligned with more of who I was becoming as a person in the world um, and really engaged me and got me excited about being an entrepreneur in ways that I had never been. Um, and seeing great role models and examples of people who were already leading the way um, was also extremely helpful. And what I think that Yannick meant by uh, here's to the future of business is that maybe he didn't describe them in the way that I am in terms of here's these three cultural shifts. But to some extent, he saw the trend. He saw where the world was going and he saw it very early on. He was one of the first ones, one of the first people to see it and wrote about it and shared it with anybody who was uh, willing to listen. And so um, I think he just saw what I saw a lot earlier and we have different words to arrive at the same conclusion. So the question is related to the three cultural shifts. So how am I working with them in my own business and or with my own clients? Um, and so I think first, if you're not familiar with the three cultural shifts, um, I'll tell you what they are here again, uh, which is one, uh, the rise of women in the workplace. So there's more women now in the workplace than there ever has been in executive positions. And um, we're also starting businesses at record pace. Beyond that, um, even products that are marketed towards men now are being purchased by women uh, primarily, uh, which is wild. And statistically as well, they control 
um, the majority of the money flowing through any particular household. Um, so that's the rise of women in the workplace. Um, the second one is the rise of the millennial generation. So the millennial generation is now the largest single workforce in the entire workforce, right? I read this stat recently that said literally in just a couple of years here, um, they're going to make up 50% of the workforce and their size is what makes them so significant. Um, but in addition to that, they have unique values um, in, in which they operate in the world. And that's something that's really important to acknowledge. Um, they're no longer willing to tolerate maybe some of the things that previous generations tolerated. And also they're always very connected, right? Because they grew up with smartphones on their hands. Um, and so if they don't like something, they're literally one tweet away, one Instagram post away, or one review away from letting the world know. And they're not shy about letting people know. Um, and then, of course, you have the advancement of technology. Well, what's happened now is that technology just gotten progressively better. And going back to this point of instant connectivity, like, you know, we used to live in a world that if you bought something inside of your local market, if you didn't like the experience at the store, you still went back because maybe the second closest option that you had to buy something was God knows how many miles away. But that's no longer the case. Like if you don't like an experience somewhere, you know that you now live in a world where you have 10 different options to find that same exact object. And even if you don't find that, you can just go online and order online and not have to deal with human beings, right? Um, which statistically, again, a lot of people prefer. And so this, this advancement of technology, what it's done is it's created options and brand loyalty is no longer what it used to be. Um, and now because of that, you have to be better than you've ever been. You have to provide outstanding customer service and you have to be very quick to respond when things go well and also when they don't go well, just to be able to stay top of mind and maintain that brand loyalty um, and really win those customers' hearts long term. And so um, in terms of how I'm using this knowledge in my own business is number one, starting at the very top, um, the rise of women in the workplace, you have to understand that it's not necessarily the fact that women are rising in the workplace that's significant. It's their way of thinking, their way of being, their values, right? Which equates to a very high level of emotional intelligence, right? Which the reality is that it's just common sense. Here's the problem. Most people don't have common sense. You've, have you ever been and, and went on an experience, a shopping experience or an experience with a company and, and you got treated in a way that just didn't make sense? Well, that's an example of like, very low emotional intelligence. Um, so what you want really is a lot of emotional intelligence flowing up and down through your business, um, which is what women tend to have more naturally than men, though there are a lot of good men who have cultivated this in their life. So you're either going to want to find men that have a very high level of emotional intelligence and or make sure that you're hiring more women inside of your business who have this because this is the standard now. If they're primarily the ones who are controlling the money, then this is the standard for how a company needs to show up inside of the marketplace. Okay, so one of the ways that you can do this is just find more good women and or make sure you're hiring men that have a high sense of emotional intelligence inside of your business. Okay, and so that's one of the things that I'm doing. The second piece related to the millennials is, again, what makes millennials so special and so unique is not just their size, but their way of thinking, right? So they actually care. They care about causes. They don't want to buy from companies that are doing evil. Um, uh, they they want to know that the companies that they're buying from are actually doing good. 
um, can actually fulfill on their promises, um, that they're going to be able to get a quality product. Um, they want to know all these different things, right? And so basically, because of that, there's just a certain level of excellence that you have to bring to the table and that I need to bring to the table as a business owner to be able to operate in today's world. Because again, they're always connected. So if they don't like the experience, they're going to make sure to let somebody know. So making sure that when you say in your marketing that this is what you're going to deliver on, that you actually deliver on the thing that you said you were going to deliver on. Stop trying to make your product, stop trying to sell the features of your product and start selling more of the experience that people are going to get um, on the other side of being able to purchase whatever it is that you're purchasing. Sell vision, okay? That's what millennials want to get behind. They want to get behind something they feel that has vision, something they feel that actually matters. Um, and this is selling an experience versus selling a product and or a service. I don't think it's limited to either or. Um, so that's something I'm always thinking about in terms of how we position our branding, how we position our messaging and our marketing, um, and ultimately the decisions that we make that are going to lead to long-term impact, uh, which can create greater resonance um, for people when they're considering which brand to choose in a particular market. And then on the um, terms of the technology side of things, I think it's really just about embracing technology, right? So um, imagine when uh, you had a not so good experience with a product. See, the problem is never that the product arrived um, in good shape. I think we all understand that sometimes these things happen. Hey, the problem is that when they reach out to tell you about it, the way that you respond and or the amount of time that you took to respond and the fact that you didn't make it right. Okay. So now we live in a world where if you learn to embrace this technology while well, using AI today, the reality is that you can respond to people almost immediately, right? Because if, if you have systems, if you have processes, if you have SOPs, if you understand it, if you can train somebody to do something, then you can train technology to do something using the power of AI, right? So what you can do now is that you can train models and train these systems to have all this knowledge. And instead of having people wait hours, if not days to get a response and then you not even meet their expectations when you respond. But now you can set up technology to respond immediately and respond immediately in a way that you want to consistently respond to customers in those different scenarios so that you can make things right. And so that um, people write about that. They're like, man, like this started off as a really bad experience, but like they made it right. So like, you know, this is going to be a company you're going to be able to trust. So if something happens, no matter what, you know, this is a company that you can trust. And that gets to be now the narrative that takes place, right? Versus this negative review, which can tank your sales, right? Um, and I'll just say this about it. Like, do you ever buy something nowadays without even checking reviews? And what happens is that if you read even one negative review, does that make you think twice? Yeah, of course it does. So that's the world we live in today which is just an opportunity to meet customer expectations at a higher level and bring a greater sense of generosity and excellence to what you do. So the question is regarding one thing that I highlighted inside of the case study um, that I wrote about uh, Patagonia. And there's this one line that says, um, uh, that talks about making the impact that you're having known to your customers and why that's so significant um, and, and, and what the contribution to that is related to the impact they've been able to have and, and selling the amount of product that they've been able to sell. I love this question because it's such an important piece not to miss 
inside of the manifesto, right? Because like, um, it's the difference again, between being a charity or running a hobby and running a business. And when you're running a business, um, you let things be known. That's the marketer in you. And what I said was that um, if you're an entrepreneur and you have a commitment to the world and or to yourself or to whoever to, um, to grow something significant and do a lot of good, and the very moment that that is your desire and you're committing to that, what you're also committing to is also being marketer right? Because the, the two go hand in hand. And marketing is how you let people know what problem you solve and how you can solve that problem for them to grow something significant. So Patagonia, um, they could have just been a clothing manufacturer. And um, just like so many other clothing manufacturers, I think what makes their story so compelling um, is that number one, they've been very thoughtful about how to position that story. Um, and the ways that they want to be in integrity inside of their market. But on top of that, what makes what they do so significant is that they let it be known. So when you go on Patagonia's website, you don't just see that they sell clothing. You know, when you scroll through there, you'll see things like we're in business to save our home planet. What you'll see on there is things like we guarantee everything we make. What you'll see on there are things like here are the type of materials we use. We use only fair trade labor you know, different things like this. And it's on their homepage. You know, every time that you're viewing a product, you're going to see that on their packaging. If you were to get something mailed to you, you'll be able to read that on there. They'll tell you why this is a high quality product and why the way that they went about building this product um, is significant in comparison to how other people do it, which really is just information for why you shouldn't buy from someone else versus why you should buy from them, which are really compelling, by the way, if you're a decent human being and you don't want to uh, have a ne negative impact on the world. With all this, all I'm trying to say is that none of these things would matter if they didn't let it be known, right? Otherwise, they would just be a clothing manufacturer, but no one would care. You wouldn't care about buying for them. You wouldn't have the emotional connection um, that you have to them if they didn't give you all these reasons for why you should buy for them versus somebody else. So this is not just about doing good to do good. Yes, that's how it starts. But if you also want to run a business in the process, you want to make sure that you let these things be known and plaster it into your packaging, plaster it into your branding, onto your website, into your social media, and let people know this is why we're different, which is just another reason for them to buy your products or service. The question is to explain um, a bit more the old way of thinking about business and why I feel we're in the middle of this shift right now. The old way of business is just a reflection of where we were in terms of progress in society. That's all it was. Like there was no internet, right? And so therefore you can just operate in the way that you operated and that's okay, right? But as technology progressed, also consciousness has progressed as a society and we've built the conscious, right? And just like technology has advanced. And so I just think this old way of business is literally nothing more than a reflection of how connected we were as a society. The more connected we are, the more aware we are, and the more aware someone becomes, the more conscious they become in the process and therefore rise the expectations um, in what they expect from companies that are operating inside of the marketplace. 
enough people grow that consciousness and now it just becomes a necessity for how you need to show up. And so this new way of operating and where I see the world going, again, it's the same thing. It's just a reflection of the advancement of technology and where we are in our awareness and where we are in our consciousness. Um, a good way to think about it is that, is there more violent things taking place in the world today than there was a hundred years ago or is there less? The reality is that there's less statistically across the board. Now, if I ask you that question, how would you answer that? Some people might say there's more. Is there more or do you just know about it more, right? Because now we have media, which is streamed all around the world 24 seven, Again, something that never existed. If something happened across the world, you wouldn't know about it, right? Um, I mean, the the printing press and, and, and newspapers as they were circulating all around the world was the closest thing to it. Uh, before that, we didn't have any of that, right? All you knew is what was happening in your local city. Um, but now, eventually with the printing press and then eventually with, you know, television and then the radio um, and all these different things, um, it's just expanded the level of awareness that we have as a society. And so with that new level of awareness and connectivity and all these different things, the standards rise. Um, and it's like society is like, oh, well, we shouldn't have violence at all. Like that's the new standard, right? In, in terms of what almost society expects of the world. Okay. So this is what's changed. And this is why we've moved into this new way and this new standard. Um, for how businesses need to operate if they want to thrive in, in today's world. So the questions about the quote of Elon Musk, where he talks about uh, the reality of goodness versus the perception of it and how he doesn't really care about the perception of it. What he cares about is like, are you actually doing good? Um, and why he's so fanatical about the projects he's involved in, specifically Tesla. Um, I mean, you know, what I'll say to that is that, you know, we're all intelligent humans, um, intelligent enough to know that when someone's basically like, I don't want to say lying to us, but pretty close to it. Um, when somebody's using something as a tactic or a gimmick versus do these people actually care, right? I don't want to use any names of any companies, but like when I see a bank that I know obviously isn't a really good bank in terms of the values that flow through that business, you know, and I get an email that basically says, um, we're now doing this, like, I just ignore it. It means absolutely nothing to me because I know that it's just probably a tax write-off for them, um, or something pretty close to it. Um, you know, where, when I think about a company like Patagonia, um, they're literally willing to make decisions that affect their bottom line to stay in integrity with the values and the positioning that they've taken inside of the marketplace. You know, now I can get behind that as a consumer and somebody who wants to, make purchasing decisions that are in alignment with how I see myself, which is what we all do, whether we're aware of it or not. You know, um, I think these things will clarify themselves. I think we're all intelligent enough to see right through them. And, you know, as they're being used as tactics and gimmicks, um, we'll steer clear from those companies long term. And we'll choose to align our dollars and um, who we buy from with companies that, that are fully showing up in integrity and um, who actually truly do care and are actually doing good um, in the world beyond their products and services that they're selling, even though that really matters too. So um, I think Elon Musk hit it right on the head. Um, and I love that he's 
leading the way in many ways with Tesla. Um, and I think it's actually a good opportunity to like maybe give a great marketing lesson here as well. Um, when you see Elon Musk on stage talking about Tesla, um, one thing that you'll notice is that he never really talks about the cars. You know, what he really talks about is the mission and the problem that Tesla is solving which from his point of view is being a champion for global warming and what's happening in our airs. And he's like, well, it's a necessity that we have to move to more of a renewable way of operating with motor vehicles because this is one of the biggest polluters of all. So this is the story, right? So like now, if you're a human being who actually cares about the air we breathe, right? Or like leaving a planet to future generations, that's the reason why you buy Tesla. You don't buy Tesla because you want an electric car. You buy Tesla because it aligns with your values because they solve a meaningful problem. So the thing that I'm trying to say here is like um, Tesla, this is the way that they're doing good and they just happen to sell cars. And this is what you'll see across the companies that are doing this at the world-class level that are making millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, what they do better than anything in the world. They just point at the problem. Just point at the problem and it'll sell your product for you. You don't even have to sell the product. And then you reveal the product and everybody, oh my gosh, they absolutely love it. But the reality is that the product doesn't even have to be better than your competition in that particular case. But imagine if it was, which in Tesla's case, it is. It's a faster car. It's a safer car. Um, but because of this story, it's the reason why you want to buy it. So hopefully that makes sense and you guys got the gold in there. So the question is about the word generosity um, and how I talk about it being not an easy one, but a rewarding one. And how did I come to generosity being one of the most valuable things that you can bring to the business world? Um, the reality is that that is something that I stumbled upon through my own life's journey of like falling short of the own expectations unrealistic expectations that we set for ourselves as human beings um, and really looking at myself in the mirror and just acknowledging that I didn't really love what I saw which was really a reflection of how I was showing up in the world um, and my own personal integrity. And what I realized in that moment and slowly over time as I started to connect these dots was that I lacked generosity. Um, I lacked courage, which could be another word for generosity. I lacked courage for how I was showing up um, with myself and responding to life. Because you see, it's not what happens in life. It's never what happens in life. It's never what happens in business. The problem is never the problem. The problem is how we respond to the problem. What's the posture and the level of willingness that we actually bring to the problem we have in front of us. And I wasn't moving towards, I was moving away, meaning I wasn't being generous um, with myself in confronting the gifts that life was putting right in front of me to break through and find something better on the other side. Um, and, you know, same thing in relationships, same thing in business, same thing in um, leading, leading my team, leading myself, um, leading the people around me. And at some point in your life, you just got to make a decision. Who do you want to be? What type of person do you want to be? Do you want to be the type of person who just runs away? Or do you want to be the type of person that when life gets hard, you know, you're that center point that doesn't move and leads and that the people around you know they can count on you, especially when the storm is the worst. You know, it's like you think about a firefighter um, when the fire is 
flaming. You know, everybody's running in the opposite direction they're running towards. You think about a Navy SEAL when bullets are flying in the air and also soldiers, not just Navy SEALs. Um, when bullets are flying in the air, they're running towards the enemy, not away. And while we're not firefighters, while we're not Navy SEALs, while we're not soldiers, at least I don't think so, um, we still can be the type of person who shows up for difficult situations and brings a certain level of courage and brings a certain level of generosity to our own lives so that when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we get to feel proud of the way that we're showing up. And guess what? That gets the trickle into our business, into our customers, into our employees, into how we view ourselves, which just leads to better business outcomes because it's all just a reflection of building yourself, building your own character and through building your own character, being a better leader. And guess what? Every business needs a great leader. You know, in the Navy SEALs, um, they have this analogy of change the leader and you can take a boat crew to use that analogy. If you guys are familiar with that, and you can take a losing team, a losing boat crew, and you can make them a winning boat crew. Just change the leader, take a losing team, make them a winning team, change your character, change your ability to be courageous, change your ability to be generous, and you get to change everything in your life. And as I learned that for myself, I wanted it to be a call to action for everybody inside of this community um, who was ready to live their life in that way. So the question is related to principles. Um, in the manifesto, I talk about the importance of them. And the question is, do my business principles and do my personal principles, do they overlap? Um, and to talk a little bit more about the importance of them. Um, I'll start with the importance of them. Um, for me, principles are absolutely everything because they're just guidelines. You know, why would you be somebody who just continues to make the same exact mistake, not learn from it, and just continue to give yourself the same exact bruises. You know, I think a wiser way to live life is to live life, know that there's going to be pain. And as you experience pain, learn from that pain and find a better way to operate moving forward. Um, and you can avoid that pain moving forward by making different decisions in life from the lessons that you've acquired along the way. And so that's what principles is about. Let's not make the same exact mistakes again and again and again. And what we can do is over time, build our own playbook for um, how to be right and how to be successful um, and how to live a great fulfilled life um, by avoiding the mistakes that caused us pain previously in the past. And so that's the way I see principles. And I, I really value and look at this as well through the lens of like Ray Dalio who's wrote a great book by that same title um, where he talks a lot about these concepts, which I would really encourage anybody listening to read. Um, absolutely fascinating how he views this stuff. Um, but to answer the question, like regarding my personal values and my business values, are they the same thing? The answer is they're 100% the same thing. The only difference is that I do have um, certain areas that are just different, right? Like my relationship like intimate relationship, for example, is not involved in business. And then um, there's certain topics in business that don't overlap inside of my personal life, but they're all the same thing. You can take our business values. And I know that one, those business values came out of who I am as a person and who I felt um, I wanted to continue to be in any projects that I was involved, um, but also who I wanted my team to be and so that we can meet and find this common language to be able to create something amazing. But the reality is that those are the same exact principles that I feel will make me successful in my own personal life. Um, and those principles really are and values, they're really just, um, it's almost like a combination, right? A combination and a lock. Like, how do you get the right combination to be able to create some magic? How to create magic in what you're creating 
Is that magic related to your business? Is that magic related to your relationship? Is that magic related to your health? Um, their posture. Um, the area doesn't really matter. Their posture. That's what matters. And, and that's what gives them overlap, if that makes sense. Yeah, so the question is regarding the, the point that I made in the manifesto, which was uh, loving people to the point where you're fully invested inside of their success and, and why that's one of my North Stars. Um, yeah, again, to just repeat some things that I believe I said in the manifesto is that all business is, it's just human to human connection. That's really what it is. You know, we can spin it however we want, but it's just people talking to people, regardless of whether you're B2C, whether you're B2B or whatever it is that you do, it's just people talking to people. Um, and I think if more people just remember that, um, I think they'll be able to communicate more in ways that would resonate um, with the people's business that they're asking for. You know, there's a there's a saying which I love, which is that your emergency to make a sale is never your customer's emergency to buy. Okay, so what does that mean? What that means is that you've missed the mark somewhere along the way, which is why you're not seeing more success, which is why you don't have people knocking at your door right now to buy what you have to offer. And chances are one of the things that you've missed has to do something with between the lines of the human to human connection thing that we're talking about here, meaning something you're saying is not quite resonating, something about your branding, something about your messaging, something about your business as a whole, something about your marketing, the campaigns, the product to offer, all those things just need to resonate with this market. If there's a market for what is it that you're offering, something's not resonating. Um, and what loving people to the point where you're fully invested, what that is, is doing the work to figure it out. So if it is the market, then let's go and find the market, right? And if you're invested, then you'll find the market, you'll come to that realization, you'll pivot, you'll do that quickly. <laughs> Because um, we're all against time, money, um, time, money, and energy. And, um, you know, is it something else? And figure that out and you optimize. You know, we got to let go of this illusion that, you know, business is supposed to work right out the gate. You know, sometimes it does. And I've had success stories in that way of just launching something right out the get-go. It was like success after success after success after success. And I'll tell you, that feels really good. But I'll tell you something else. And here's a little secret that I let you in on. Most times you launch something and it doesn't work. Not out the gate. Not until you figure out like what's the data saying about why this isn't resonating and you do the work and you do the work and you do the work until you figure it out. And that work is going to confront you with your own commitment to this vision, to this mission and to this human that you want to serve. And if you do figure it out, you get to be one of the lucky ones who gets to have the privilege of running a successful business and serving the amount of people that you serve. Um, that takes generosity. So loving people is absolutely everything in business. If you don't, then I just don't think that you'll have the level of success that you want. I don't think it's possible, not in today's world. So the question is, why am I in business in the first place? And to talk a little bit more about um, how businesses can impact society. Um, so one thing that I would like to invite everybody here listening um, to think about is that do you think there's something wrong with wanting what you want? I know for a long time, you know, I had some stories about that. And that's just my own personal journey. I don't think it needs to be anyone else's. My conclusion today is that there's no problem to just want what you want. Wanting what you want, um, I think at the highest level when it comes and it stems out of um, something really deep inside of you um, and it's really visceral, um, I think that's where something that could be really the seed of something really powerful in terms of a driving force that is usually mixed within like infinite energy to bring something to life. Um, and so for me, usually that starts and seeds as just a desire. Um, and it's not something 
that usually comes of my mind, you know, thoughts that come in my head. It doesn't come from like a journaling session. I, I try to arrive at the answer in that way. Like I try to do things to figure things out. Um, but usually what happens is after trying all those different things and in the moments I least expect it, I just feel it as a knowing as to here's what I'm supposed to do next. And that then becomes my desire, the purest form of desire to now go out there and actually bring something to life. And so um, for me, you know, why am I in business is because here's this vision that was seated inside of me from something that I feel is so much bigger than myself. And that when I felt that um, as it was growing inside of me, like I just felt like I needed to go and do it, you know? Um, and that might be how it started for you as well. And um, as I felt I needed to go and do it, you know, little by little, then I start to figure out some of these other pieces like, okay, how am I going to position this? You know, how am I going to go about marketing this? And then, um, you know, what's the culture of this company going to be? And as I think about all these pieces, now I'm just getting even more excited about all of these things. And I'm coming up with more reasons for why I'm in business. And so, yeah, we all arrive at these answers differently, but that's a little bit about my process. It's very um, organic. It's a lot of give and take into, it's a very creative process. And then eventually you arrive at this thing that people see out there in the world that they're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. They had no idea like this whole creative journey that you have to go through to arrive at this thing that then people see and have the opportunity to interact with like you might be doing right now on this podcast. Um, and just because of where I am in my life and um, how I've decided that I want to show up in the world, um, yes, I do think about the impact that business is having in the world. I do think about how the businesses that I'm running specifically and that I'm leading are impacting the world. Um, and I live under a mental model that I never want to just sell something um, that solves a problem for people. I want the impact that any business that I get involved in to have such a more significant impact, a wider impact than the business itself. So um, I don't think that this is necessarily a requirement, but I do think that there are a lot of people who want to serve in this way and have this servant heart. And along the way, I think that what you'll discover is that, again, these things are also really good for business and can help you um, create longevity um, inside of your business, can help you create brand loyalty, and also um, can help you create just a more meaningful way of doing business. Um, and, and I'm just really grateful for the companies that are leading in this way, right? Because um, how is it that a company like Patagonia, a clothing company, when really what they are is an environmental company, is having more impact on the environment than the environmental companies, right? Like that's what's so cool. And um, the reality is that we need more companies like Patagonia. We need more companies to tackle different things that they're passionate about. You know, I, again, I don't want to create this lens that everybody needs to do this, but the reality is that um, if more of us do this, we might have a shot at actually solving some of the world's most meaningful problems. And together we get to create the world that we want to live in. And um, I'm hoping that there's a few of you guys out there listening to this and um, are up for that adventure. Um, you know, so it's just a matter of who's it going to be. So to bring this all home for today's episode, um, I just want to offer you guys a few more thoughts about how you might think about impact in your own business. And um, this will be a topic that we'll continue to explore in this podcast in detail because there is more ways that I can possibly cover um, in a single episode of ways that you can look to do more impact inside of your business. Um, there's no right way. There's no wrong way. Uh, there's only what you're truly passionate about. 
championing. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an environmental cause, um, you know, or it doesn't even have to be a societal cause. It can just be something that you're passionate about championing. And the reality is that there are um, so many things that we need people to be champions for um, so that we collectively get to live in the world that we want to live in, you know, humans supporting other humans um, and looking out for each other and caring for each other um, and taking care of this planet we get to call home. Um, so for business with integrity, as some of you guys may or may not know, um, what we champion here is mental health. And that's a topic that, you know, I'm extremely passionate about on a very, very personal level due to my own challenges with my own personal mental health growing up. And as I've found solutions for myself, I, I, I just can't stand to see the people that I love um, going through those same exact challenges when it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I wanted to be able to provide solutions. Um, and one of the best ways that I found in my lifetime to be able to share some of those solutions is through entertainment. Because no matter what, no matter if you want to inform somebody of something, um, sometimes you can't solve the problem at the same level of thinking that created the problem. And we do live in a world where people feel like they need to be entertained at times to even be open to particular solutions, which is why I absolutely love viral media. And so one of the things that we do over here is that um, we fund and produce uh viral media and we do that with the intention of being able to bring light to issues that are impacting people's mental health and in the process really providing solutions for people and i would encourage you to maybe take some time to go on a walk and let these ideas marinate for you you know journal about it talk about it have conversations about it um send us questions about it uh, we want to hear about it we want to have conversations with you we want to be your ally in helping create the impact that you want to have on the world and with that being said you know just it's an honor to have your attention have these conversations that matter and if you would like to continue the conversation Really, the best way to do that is going to be to join our email list at businesswithintegrity.com. Again, that's businesswithintegrity.com. Um, and that's where we take the conversation and really go deeper into these concepts. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, you know where to go. Uh, you know where to get plugged in. I appreciate you as always. And on to the next one. Be generous, my friend.